Hello everybody, I am Julia and this is Julia and the Joy of Film and I am in a happy mood because there's lots of kind of good news of things coming out in the summer. Well, like I always say, it seems like good news but we don't actually know what the films are going to be like. There's lots of trailers which I know don't usually mean much but you do get a release date set in stone which is always quite nice. We've got the new Independence Day Resurgence trailer. I level with you, I absolutely loved Independence Day. It came out when I was like a young teen and I was a big X-Files fan at the time and I actually thought it was all amazing and brilliant and people judge me on that. I think it's a brilliant film. It's an amazing action adventure film. If you haven't seen Independence Day you need to see it and if you don't get it well then maybe you know <laughs> it's like war you know you weren't there man you don't understand it. The trailer the story to it actually looks a bit like sort of like the new Godzilla and maybe a bit like kind of Terminator 2 like that whole we have the technology because they brought the technology but it's like what if they're us in the future they're probably not us in the future that's just me spouting off stuff the film is going to be out on the 23rd of June which is weird because I would have thought they'd bring it out closer to Independence Day but never mind um, Nicholas Winding Ref's new film uh, Neon Demon with um, Elle Fanning just got a trailer and that looks intriguing he always makes really intriguing films he made Drive which was awesome he made another film though which wasn't so good that I didn't like and I can't remember the name of so I can't warn you against it that is going to be out on the 8th of July new trailer for the BFG and it's quite exciting they brought doing the BFG this year because it's the centenary of Roald Dahl's birth and we're going to have a big spondoolie down in Cardiff uh, because that's where he was born and I have sort of high hopes for it because Melissa Matheson wrote in and she passed away last year Melissa Matheson wrote E.T. and I just hope it's something really good that's a great kind of memorial to her obviously directed by Steven Spielberg that's going to be out the 26th of 26th 22nd of July there's a trailer for the new Jason Bourne film called Jason Bourne and I'm very excited because Alicia Vikander's in it. The Bourne films I can kind of take or leave but Alicia Vikander is just brilliant but I hate it when she has to like she keeps go, you know appearing in these films where she has to play like second fiddle to these blokes and we know she can just totally own a film by herself but then you know you gotta take a little bit of this and that, a bit of action adventure, a bit of this and maybe she doesn't want to be like centre of attention all the time in a film she doesn't need to be in a Bourne film though but maybe it's a really good script I don't know, I'm just casting aspersions anyway that is out on the 28th of July Pete's Dragon, I wasn't sure if I mentioned this before but the live action of Pete's Dragon is out on the 12th of August Finding Dory will be the... did I say Finding Nemo before? I meant Finding Dory uh, Finding Dory is the last week of July and Ghostbusters 3 is around my birthday which is on the 17th of July just in case anyone wanted to send me a card but you can't because you don't know where I live and I'm not giving out that kind of information on the net although people do people are strange people are very trusting um, we had a trailer for Magnificent Seven which actually has got like a really awesome looking cast I mean I'm not usually a great fan of remaking classic things but it's got like um uh, Denzel Washington's in it and Chris Pratt and um, Peter Sarsgaard and Vincent Donfrino and a couple of other people I can't remember right now that's going to be out on the 23rd of September there's been a trailer for The Girl on the Train which I'm very intrigued in because they kept making a big deal out of Emily Blunt but Hayley Bennett is in it as well and I've seen, seen Hayley Bennett in a couple of films in like small roles and she was really great and I always wanted her to get like a kind of bigger meteor role I think she might actually be in one of the other films I mentioned as well something like the Jason Bourne film can't remember the top of my head but The Girl on the Train is out the 7th of October I'm probably one of the few people who haven't read it so it's like still a great surprise to me 
there has been a trailer for a new film called Keanu, which is made by Key and Peele. If you don't know Key and Peele, they're a, an American comedy duo, and they show up in things like they're in the first series of Fargo, and I think they've been in Parks and Rec, and they've got their own TV show. We don't get much of them over here. But this new film they made called Keanu looks like so much fun, and there's no release date for it in the UK, so we'll wait for that, along with Swiss Army Man that also doesn't have a release date yet. Cafe Society by Woody Allen, which actually looks pretty cool. That is, we can never tell with Woody Allen films, it's kind of just, you know, peaks and troughs. A cafe society that's got a great cast, it's um, Jesse Eisenberg, and I think it's Kristen Stewart, and Steve Carell is in him, John Bernthal, and a couple of other people. That hasn't got a UK release date yet, but it's out in America in August, so chances chance are it'll be over here in like September time, maybe. Okay, so now we have proper non-trailer news. There is going to be a sequel to Zombieland, which is awesome because I love Zombieland. I didn't really need a sequel to it, but provided provided they get the same cast in, I would kind of be interested to see what happened to them. But I love Zombieland. It is one of my favourite films. If you haven't seen it, it's um, Jesse Eisenberg playing this guy at the um, after the sort of, well, during the zombie apocalypse, I guess. And he's kind of, he's uh, fidgety and nervous and anxious and he's got IBS and this, that and the other. And he basically survives the, bongi- the, survives the zombie apocalypse, he says, by the fact that he just doesn't go out and do anything with people because he's so shut in. That's how he survives. And Woody Harrelson is brilliant in it. And Emma Stone and young girl out of Little Miss Sunshine that I can't remember right now. Chloe Smith Moretz. No, that's not. That is a combination of names. That is a. I've mashed together about three people's names there. Uh, Chloe Moretz and Cody Smith McPhee. That's what I was melding together there. Oh, Cody Smith McPhee. Just for the moment, he is awesome in The Road. If you haven't seen The Road, oh my God, him and Viggo Mortensen in that film just broke my friggin' heart. The two of them actually, Cody Smith McPhee and Chloe Moretz are in the remake of Let the Right One In, which isn't so great. I'd say you watch the original. Anyway, and Little Miss Sunshine, of course, which is brilliant. Who is she? She plays Olive in Little Miss Sunshine. Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin in Zombieland. She was also good. Sorry, a bit of a divergent there. There was a Disney announcement and a bunch of things. I'll give you the highlights. Um... There's a bunch of dates for live action fairy tales and it's really weird because it's like on this date there will be an untitled live action film, live action fairy tale and then it's like on this date there will also be and there's like eight or nine of them and it's like you, it's they basically just decided these films are going to be out on this date and I don't think they're even hiding anything. I don't think they know what they're going to release on those dates. But they've got this other batch of things they're making, like they're going to make a sequel to Jungle Book already and things like that. So maybe those are the things they're going to slot in there, I don't know. But I think it's kind of, like I always say about this stuff, it's making a rod for your own back, really. But the really interesting things about the Disney announcement, one, is they're going to make an adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time by uh, Madeleine D'Engle. I haven't read the original book, but I've read a graphic novel by Hope Larson, which is brilliant. But A Wrinkle in Time is such a great story, and it's going to be directed by Ava DuVernay, who um, directed Selma. But, you know, she hasn't got many directing credits, but she's been in the film industry for, like, a long time, so this should be really interesting. And it's going to be written by Jennifer Lee, who kind of worked all her magic on Frozen. And the other thing that's really interesting is Tim Burton's going to be making a live-action version of Dumbo, which just sounds weird to hell and completely the kind of thing Tim Burton would do really well. 
Okay, other news. Passengers, which if you don't know, is like a sci-fi movie with um, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Haven't you heard so much more about that? We haven't had a trailer yet. It's going to be out in December. So I suppose this the news on Passengers is there is no news. Um, the Jurassic World sequel is kind of chugging along. Um, thingy uh, Boyana is going to be directing it now instead of Colin Trevorrow. And he made The Orphanage and The Impossible. So he's kind of got a lighter... Um, touch with these things but he's quite good at kind of getting in and making sort of physical atmospheric stories and that so it could be kind of interesting uh neil blomkamp's alien is like chugging along nicely i think with that it's a lot of kind of fan power um neil blomkamp's fan power first of all because he was like i you know love alien franchise so much i want to make another film and then the fans got behind him. But it seems like it's all coming together, which is nice. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is going to be in a Zelda Fitzgerald biopic, which should be really cool. Um, if you don't know much about Zelda Fitzgerald, she was married to F. Scott Fitzgerald. And as far as we know, she maybe had bipolar disorder. And she was a very interesting character and very creative. And I think Scarlett's the right choice for that role as well. Scott Johansson is also doing a Ghost in the Shell film at the moment, a live action one. And there's all, been all this talk about the fact that, of course, Scarlett is American, she's not Asian. I can't remember the particular Asian ethnicity of the girl in Ghost in the Shell. But um, the makers, I think with the people who actually originally wrote it, they said something like, we never actually imagined it being an Asian girl right at the beginning and then they did but apparently for this film they did kind of mess with the idea of making Scarlett Johansson look more Asian which would just be weird I mean I think they're better off this way and a lot of people agree that it would have been hard to sell the film had there not been a big name attached to it because sometimes that's what you have to do I mean star power counts for a lot I know people get pissy about it speaking of actually kind of controversy around the ghost in the shell thing and Asian cultures um, there's a character, Tilda Swinton, is playing in Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange out in November. And the character was originally Tibetan. And apparently there was a whole thing with the... Um, they said, well, if we cast a Tibetan person in the film, we're going to basically... China is a big market these days. If you cast a Tibetan person in the film, you're going to cause offence. Basically, China aren't going to put the film on. But then if you just stack another Asian person in there, you'd kind of piss off everybody else as well. And they said the great thing about putting Tilda Swinton in it, then you just kind of take that racial argument out of it. Thing about all these films having to make money, it's it is whitewashing everything, and it's a big problem. But I think everybody knows it's a problem, so hopefully we're going to work towards some kind of solution. And any other news? Oh yeah, plebs are still mad about um, Ghostbusters three. They're always mad about Ghostbusters three. Wah wah wah. I'm not sexist. I'm not sexist. I just don't see why they need to remake a beloved childhood film of mine. I was okay with like you know like none of them cared about the Point Break remake. Nobody even batted an eyelid at the Point Break remake. But suddenly Ghostbusters. Wah! It's not sexism. It's about ethics and journalism. You can do a little, oh, Gamergate. Oh, God. I'm so glad I'm not a gamer. That would have been more than again. But then this is our whole... I have my whole war to wage here, so I don't need another war as well. God, I feel sorry for those women involved in the Gamergate thing, though. I mean, you, you know shit's got bad when people who've never met you or have any understanding of you... <laughs> 
as threatening your life because you always kind of think like oh I can protect myself in the world and I can write things but if I'm willing to stand by them but when people take whatever you've made or wrote or said and just completely turn it on its head and then use it to attack you in fact they didn't even turn anything that these women said or did against them they just decided to take offence to it. I mean, if you do, if you don't know much about Gamergate, read up on it because it's all about what happens when absolute assholes think they're right, and ah, oh, it's it's disgusting and it's gross. Um, but then we're having a big argument about it now. We're having a big discussion like we should about race on screen and about women in the film industry. And also another thing we should be discussing is um, blokes in films, there's always this kind of overly macho thing, you know, guy has to be very strong and this, that and the other. And, you know, we need to make a push to guys being seen more sensitive. I mean, Her by Spike Jones is a great film, but the problem is with a lot of those films that show guys to be more sensitive, it's always sort of about winning. It's like the nice guy has to win the girl and it's um, it's a bit annoying. There's not a lot of complexity on the film screen, which I guess you guys already knew. Anyway, let's move on to reviews. I rewatched The Greatest um, Story Ever Sold the other day, which is a... Is it Greatest Story Ever Sold? Greatest Movie Ever Sold? I... <laughs> the fact that I can't remember the title right off the top of my head. It's The Greatest Movie Ever Sold. That's what it is. Um, by Morgan Spurlock. Because I haven't watched it in a while and I kind of... I always think it's going to get better on rewatching because there's a lot of good stuff in it and it's very interesting if you want to know about how um, movies and marketing work but um, it's it's always never the film I want it to be but if you haven't seen it I would recommend it but it doesn't kind of hit the spot as much as like Super Size Me did I bought Star Wars Force Awakens on Blu-ray and it was as brilliant as it was in the cinema I love that film, I love that film so damn much, I love Ray. I think it's great I love the way there's people who go, it draws too much from the original film and it does this and that and it's like, oh so um, what was your version of Star Wars like then? Can I see your script? Can I see how it did better than that? Um, because I think it's important to draw in on sort of old characters and old storylines because it gives everyone something to feel for and also sequels in a way they are kind of duplicates that's the whole point of them um anyway uh watch the spectacular now which i'd been really looking forward to i like miles Teller and shailene woodley but it was a bit dry it's based on a book miles Teller and shailene woodley and everybody does a really good job with the you know acting and whatnot but you just don't feel the depth of it. It's basically, it's touted as a romantic comedy, but it's basically um, Miles Teller plays a teenage drunk and, you know, he's grappling with his emotions and that, but you never really feel it. It's kind it's it's okay, but you never really kind of get into the depths of it, which is a shame. I watched The Cobbler. I don't know why I watched The Cobbler, because Tom McCarthy made it, and I love Tom McCarthy, and The Visitor is amazing, and The Station Agent is amazing, and he's one of my favourite directors, and he made Spotlight, which I haven't seen yet. But The Cobbler, it's like this film with Adam Sandler as a cobbler who like walks in other people's shoes and he turns into them. And I thought, oh, that you know, this is probably something Tom just took on, you know, just for a bit of fun, just directing it. But he actually wrote it as well, wrote it with someone else, and he directed it. And it's just so... The, the character in it is just really unlikable, and he never gets any comeuppance for like messing with these people's lives. It's a bit dopey. It's a bit like an Adam Sandler film thought up in Hollywood and not thought up by Tom McCarthy, which was disappointing. 
I watched um, the documentary Going Clear, which is the Scientology documentary by Alex Gibney, and it is so good. It's like not even like, because I think it could be so easy for someone to be like all kind of mudslinging-y and be like, oh, these dopey people and they're in a cult and the cult's stealing all their money and this, that and the other. But they take all these people and all their kind of testimony and evidence and they sort of build up from the beginning, you know, what L. Ron Hubbard started and the whole thing with David Miscavige and then with John Travolta and Tom Cruise. And it's you can actually see this kind of whole web of corruption and lies and deceit and power. I mean, I've heard people in the past, like on shows and that, say they're Scientologists. While they believe in Scientology, they don't believe in the Church of Scientology anymore. And you can kind of understand why. Because, you know, if that, I don't believe in it, but if that sort of thing helps you, it seems like a really kind of, what they do, it's almost like they've taken some kind of form of psychological analysis, which they um, talked about in Going Clear but some kind of psychological analysis and then sort of build it up in the wrong way. It's almost this kind of talking about your feelings and sort of understanding where they are in your head. Um, but they have this idea that there's like two opposing forces in your head and of course all the thing with the Thetans and that it's it's a it's a bit mad, but it's um like but I can't feel bad for the, you know, Scientologist whose, you know, church has been taken over in this power hungry mad way because I still do think the basic science of it that's me doing quotes in the air. The science of the Scientology is, you know, it's crap. Anyway, but it is it is an amazing film. If you haven't seen it, they're repeating on Sky Atlantic now and then. If you follow me on Twitter I'll tell you when it's on. I also watched another documentary that I was very excited for and only came out this year about Janice Joplin called Janice Little Girl Blue. And it was on BBC4. BBC4 being really good recently about putting on um, uh, documentaries, like really good feature ones. Um, but it kind of left me a bit thinking, it was just a bit shallow. They talked to all these people who knew Janice and I think they thought that was enough. And it wasn't, you didn't really get into the depth of her, her understanding of her, her emotional side. And it was a bit of a shame really. And... One thing I saw at the cinema this week, I went to see a film called Despite the Falling Snow, which I was kind of interested in because it didn't have much promotional stuff going on. It had Rebecca Ferguson in it, and it's about this woman in 1950s Moscow, and I thought, well, I'd give this a go. I turned up to the cinema, and Laura says, you're the first person to buy a ticket to this film. And I was like, uh-oh. And the titles for it were like Times New Roman, like someone had done on their computer in the 90s. And it was just, it had so much potential as a film. Um, it was actually made by Shamim Sharif and she wrote and directed it but she based it on a book she'd written but it's just not, it's this story um, Katya is in Moscow in the 1950s and she's spying for the Americans and she it marries this guy so she can steal secrets off him and then in modern day New York, well it's 1992 New York to Lauren, also played by Rebecca Ferguson, is going to Moscow to figure out what happened to her aunt and it's just all a bit lackluster and the depth is in there I wrote, if you're interested, I wrote a review for it uh, for Film Inquiry and when it's published I shall put it down in the details down below I don't know why I'm pointing, this is not a YouTube video. Right, cinema releases, there's lots of stuff coming into the cinema on at the moment but none of it I can really heartily recommend except for Zootropolis and Eddie the Eagle are still out and they are both superb um, you won't regret watching those. Things we've got out coming soon. Captain America Civil War is out on Friday, 29th of April. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins. It was about this, this um, 
Mel Strip and Hugh Grant in that, and it's about this um, famous opera singer which was, who was famous for being bad. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins is out on the 6th of May. I'm really disappointed. Louis Theroux's Scientology movie is out in the Netherlands on the 6th of May, but there hasn't been a UK release date for it, which is a shame. Hopefully we'll find out more about that. Uh, of course, X-Men Apocalypse is out on the 18th of May. And, yeah, that's it for now, but there's lots of stuff on, but really... Eddie the Eagle and Zootropolis for the moment, those are the only ones I would recommend. Okay, so my recommended film for this fortnight is The Skin I Live In by Pedro Almodvar. Um, I was talking to my friend recently, Jonathan, who you may remember from way back in the autumn, and me and Jonathan both love Pedro Almodvar, and he hadn't seen The Skin I Live In, so I've just been kind of going on at him, oh my god, it's an amazing film, and I, I always go on to people about it, but at the same time, there's lots of people I don't tell about The Skin I Live In, because it is messed up. It is a properly messed up film, but it's friggin' brilliant. Um, it basically starts off, Antonio Banderas is this um, plastic surgeon, and in his house he's got this woman living there, and she kind of lives in this very kind of strange minimalist way, in this weird kind of lycra suit. And at first you think it's his, you know, she's his prisoner, and then maybe it's his wife, and it kind of goes back and forth between the past and the present. and Oh my god, it's just so, it's so disturbing, but it's so magnificently brilliant disturbing. I can't, that's all I can tell you about that without, you know, laying stuff, more stuff out. But it is so, like, you will not believe what happens in it. It's not just, oh, sorry, I'm bigging it up too much now, but I don't want to say it's a twist, because it's not a twist. I hate when people say that, and plus then I think twists are very lazy in a narrative context, because it's like, I'm going to sell this whole film on a twist, you know? Um, no, this is a, a brilliantly built-up narrative, and it's incredible, and it's called The Skin I Live In, and it's not on any of the streaming services that I can see, but you'll be able to rent it on DVD, it's been out for quite a while, and it is awesome. Right, on to discussion bit. I don't have much to talk about this week. I might actually change this bit of the podcast to sort of analysis, because what I've been pondering on recently, I've been getting all kind of introspective, is sort of what it means to be a critic because I've been looking at a lot of stuff recently and I've noticed a lot of people, it's all about film news and about dealing with film in this very simplistic way. And after the new year, I kind of, um, I was talking to Manon, who you might remember from a few weeks back, and I was discussing this whole idea of really wanting to get into film like the way I used to study and I read things and magnificent theories that people had um, about things like about if in looking at the Terminator films you can kind of see in the Terminator films the political changes in America and there's all this amazing stuff that people wrote and that I was sort of inspired to write when I was studying and now that I'm looking thinking what does it mean to do this like there's so many people writing about film I mean I enjoy it I'm not going to stop it but um it's you kind of think, what does it mean to be a critic? And really, I don't think in this modern day it's sort of become about the who's got the news first. Like I always say about all the podcasts, it's always about who's got the most obscure and coolest news. And I know I put news in this, but that's just supposed to be helpful. Um, but it's... But they, again, again, maybe they think they're being helpful too. I don't think they are. It's always the tone of voice, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think the only way I can really be helpful is to kind of bring all that analysis and that critique and kind of look at films closer and look at you, hopefully, make you think about films in a different way. Um, this isn't to just separate myself from everyone, but it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of overblown with 
how many times I see in my timeline, my Twitter and Facebook, the same information over and over again. I mean, Batman vs Superman, you know, the film only came out once, but each media outlet had about like 20, 50 news articles about it. So maybe this part of the podcast will be changing. We'll see. The important thing I've been realising about um, film criticism is that it's not good to kind of... I think it's good to have your own opinions and have the confidence to stick by them, but then realise that other people have different opinions. But the great thing to do is just sort of stand by each other and support each other, regardless of your differing opinions, because someone might have a better outlook on something than you. Like, I really like South Korean cinema, South Korean horror, but I don't know that much about it. If I knew someone who knew a lot about the sort of history of it, I could ask them a few more questions and I'm not sure what my speciality is. <laughs> Maybe screwball films and Pixar films and I think is I will just watch anything. So I'm not sure if I have a specialty, but you've got to think about what we can offer each other and what we can support each other. And with that in mind, I have a little bit of promotion to do. Uh, Manon, who you may remember from a few weeks back, who's the editor of Film Inquiry, she now has a podcast called The Power of Film. And it actually goes through the Film Inquiry website and it's really good. I've only listened to the first episode so far, which is an interview with filmmaker Jen McGowan. And that's what Manon's going to be doing. She's going to be interviewing uh, people from the film industry. And I'm going to put a link down in the description. And also Jackie, Jackie Griffin, who works for Film Inquiry, she's doing a film festival called the Drunken Film Fest in Bradford. And it looks like it's going really well and it looks like it's going to be amazing. And it's at the end of July. And if you want to know more about that, I shall put the link and also the Twitter profile link down in the information. That's probably a lot of information for this week. But, you know, it's only every fortnight I've got to pack it all in. Hopefully next time I'll have a guest. Hopefully I'll be getting Jackie on soon as well. So that's it for this fortnight. Um, all information and everything will be down in a little bit. And I don't know why I'm pointing again. This isn't a YouTube video. Um, thank you very much for listening. And you know you can always find me at Julia Joy Film. And if you're in the UK, there's a documentary I'm really looking forward to called The Wolf Pack, which is about um, um, a bunch of brothers brought up in New York and they basically lived in their apartment. They weren't allowed anywhere else. And they used to reenact films, like films they loved, like Indiana Jones and that. And it's a documentary that was out last year and apparently it's brilliant. And it's going to be on Sky Atlantic uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday the 27th of May, uh, 27th of April. And it's going to be repeated on Monday the 2nd of May. So if you are in the UK and you do have Sky Atlantic and you do hear this before one of those dates, then um, give it a go because I'm going to because it looks pretty amazing. Apologies if it's not amazing. Um, and that's all for this fortnight. And remember to um, watch lots of films. Don't feel bad if you haven't got time for too many films. And just enjoy them. And don't worry about guilty pleasures or whatever and things you should be watching. Don't worry too much about looking cool. Cool is overrated. <laughs>